Hey guys, welcome to the podcast, Let's Get Human. And for the first episode that I'm not really going to classify as the first episode, it's more of like an extended trailer. Um, Well, probably not. Actually, I will classify this as the first episode because I'll be getting into a little bit of myself. Um, While the show isn't necessarily about just me, uh, it's about I want it to be about humanity as a whole and people's different experiences and coming to terms with how they view the world and you know i might even um do parts where i circle back to somebody years later and i have an interview with them with how their thought processes have changed since and what changes have happened in their lives and you know how they evolved as humans um i do know that the show is probably going to have sensitive subject matter so maybe everybody doesn't want to necessarily reveal who they are their real names and real other people's real names but these are real life circumstances that I wanted to uh, shine a light on and just, I don't know, just explore people. Like, I feel like a lot of us don't really realize the depth that another human being might have or the depth that we have ourselves sometimes. I mean, I've I've recently discovered new layers of myself I, I didn't think were there, but it turns out they always were there. I was just doing a very good job of hiding them or not accessing them. Uh, like uh, today, um, I wanted to talk about um, <laughs> my anger. I, growing up, I never considered myself a really angry person. Uh, always was like peace, love, joy, you know, happiness. I just want to love everybody. And, you know, that rang so true for me for so long. Um, a lot of my pain, uh, I just decided to love people through it. Part, part of my Christian values at the time too, growing up in a very, with a very religious grandmother who like, I low-key idolized and like cherished everything about her. You know, she would always preach that you're supposed to love and care for people and things like that. And, uh, so I did my part. Like I, I, I could never harbor hate or anger. I remember one time, I don't, I think I was maybe promised something and then I didn't get it from either my grandmother or my auntie. And um, I folded up my arms and I ruffled my brows to show I was like dissatisfied. But um, I, she, my auntie started poking at me and she was like, I don't know why you acting like you mad. You know, you can't stay mad. And she started looking at me and I looked back at her and I started smiling and while I was still disappointed, I got over it. I didn't like hate them for it. I like hold a grudge against them, but it was something I really wanted, but I just packed that away. Um, and I think I did a lot of that in my, my whole life. I did a lot of packing away of like how I felt for one, not to be confrontational because I'm not a very confrontational person. I don't like fighting. I don't like arguing. I don't even know how to really enter confrontation, which is something I have to learn how to do because as an adult, you know. As a human being, period, child and adult, you need to be able to uh, handle yourself in like um, in dang, I can't even think of the word um, in difficult moments where you know either you have to stand up for yourself or you have to stand up for someone else or you have to just say something that might be. Um, opposite to what the room is speaking at the moment you know um 
Um, so I I went through a lot of my life, like just you know, bottling a lot of things, and then also I knew I was a very sensitive person, so I didn't. Even though things affected me, I never I always gave people grace. I gave so much grace out. I let people do me the dirtiest ways. Um, and I still gave them grace to it. I'm just like, I'm not mad at you. I understand that you're a human being and I understand that you can't be perfect all the time. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold you to the fire. I'm not gonna force you to make amends or apologize. I'm just gonna, you know, uh, give you some distance and, uh, give you love when you need it. And, you know, all that stuff. And I didn't realize at the time how damaging that has be- that was um, and how it really has affected me in later points in my life. Like now, like, you know, recently I've been through just quite a lot. And I remember it started in like, started at the end of May. I had lost my phone. Um, uh, so I, you know, I, um, somebody stole my phone. Um, so I had to do, um, I borrowed from a next check so that I can get the money up front to pay for, uh, my phone. Well, that set me back, but I, I, I'm like thinking, you know, my bills are light, you know, um, staying with a family member so I don't have to pay a lot of money at the moment uh for rent and food and stuff like that I'll just and it's the summertime I don't have any classes I'll just work more on Postmates and work more on at at my job get 40 hours there and take extra time to do Postmates and make more money and then so my checks were already smaller and then I had I ran into some car problems and instead of paying for them out of pocket which to some degree I could have, but some of the problems were like extensive and they would have came out earlier. So, I mean, later. So I just decided to uh, get a, a little loan from the place and get my car fixed or whatever. Cause I recently was told that like, you know, times would be maybe a little bit tougher and that I need to learn how to fend for myself and I'm going to look for my own apartment and things like that. So, you know, I'm just trying to make sure I'm good before I leave and the amount was pretty big, but I could have paid it off if things had the same same. But June comes around, my rent increases, and there's no way for me to it increase significantly like five times. Now, mind you, the rent at first was like nothing. I mean, like less than a hundred dollars, but you know, it was over five times that I was paying like five hundred. I went from seven seventy five, I think, dollars to like five hundred dollars, uh, which I can handle if I didn't had if I didn't sign up myself to be short on checks for a month, like fifty dollars short on checks for a month, and then um, also sign up for this big car bill. And the summer was supposed to be a time for me to recuperate my life and like pay down my credit cards, which aren't super high. (laughs) Uh, 
I don't I don't have much credit card debt at all, really, when in the grand scheme of things. But, uh, you know, I want to pay them off just in case I needed them for a car problem like I had now instead of going to some random lender that ended up raping me. Uh, oh, I should not use that term, uh, but I'll keep it in here because, like I said, I want to. This podcast is about people being human and I'm still in the process of not using terms like that. Actually, I always that term always made me feel kind of like wild when people said it because i was like why are you equating your life like something in your life to like rape it's just it's a lot but i was i i was with a very unfavorable uh lend a deal in a deal with a lender that would have end up making me pay double and double that what i borrowed from them was like more than what i made in probably like three months (laughs) And then don't even consider like actual money I had in my hand. I never had that much money in my hand, especially once I started paying a lot more bills. So it was, um, it just became very difficult. And then I went through in July, I, I went through with all this stress of finances, I went through like emotional stressors too, because, you know, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, somebody from uh, a long time ago, I liked or whatever, reached out to hang out uh, and I got excited and um, not so much because of there's conversations I want to have this with this individual individual for a very, 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 very long time. And it just never happened. Like we never got to talk. Um and I kept trying to make plans for it in previous years, but they will always fall through. I would say on both of our ends, but maybe that's me being forgiving. It's probably more so on his end because I would shoot it out. He would say, cool. And then he would low-key kind of go ghost. So um, it wasn't like he never showed any like interest in like no real true genuine interest in hitting me up. Uh, and actually meeting in person. But this time he hit me one day and we talking and then he throws out that we should really hang out in person, you know, to discuss all the changes that are happening in our lives. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. That sounds fun. I'm like, you know, and at the, when he first told me I wasn't tripping, I was like, oh, but then I like guess, you know, my crazy, but my crazy Pisces, but started getting in my head and it's like, oh, my God, I don't know why I play like I love the realm of illusions and the bad thing is that the only person I be alluding, I don't like allude other people. I allude myself. Like I've always painted an illusion for myself that some shit is way better than what it is. Girl, that I know, bitch. Why didn't you just, this is me talking to myself, bitch. Why didn't you just take that as a, Hey, I might fuck with you when I can fuck with you or whatever. Uh, especially at the next thing. Then I, so he stayed, we wanted to meet and then I end up coming with, coming up with the place and time so it's not like he even had a plan on when we were going to meet or something like that and i don't say all this all this to like to bash him even though (laughs) if any most people probably hear the story and be like oh this man sucks um honestly i think it's my fault for why he's hard wording this sometimes but i do think it's my fault for why he doesn't perform necessarily how 
other people will want him to because I probably describe him in a way that's probably untrue to who he is. I mean, um, and also untrue to the relationship that we have. Like the last time I saw this man in person was in high school. Um, and we haven't been in a deep conversation since high school. Like the last time we, we, we've had, I, I told him I in high school, I told him I'll always be his friend and that I'll always be there for him. But it pissed me off that I didn't know how to deal with it at the time that I liked him. He didn't like me back. Blase this, blase that. And um, so I just stopped talking to him. I deleted his number and everything. And then he uh, reached out to me in the beginning of freshman year. And mind you, I met him senior year. So it was like over the summer. Uh, beginning of freshman year, he texts me. And I'm like, who's this? And he says like, hey, this is blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah class. And I'm like, I'm really racking my brain like, what is this class for one that we took together? Because I I don't I I don't know why I forgot the name of the class. And then I was like, who is this person? Like I don't know anybody by this name. I really I don't know what the fuck I did, but I really did like erase this nigga from my memory. Like he was just gone, poof, disappeared. Like, and I was cool. And then when it clicked to me who he was, I was like. Oh, you're him. And I had the hardest chuckle. I laughed so fucking hard because I was like, ah, nigga, you ain't shit. I forgot about you. You ain't nobody special. You were just somebody I thought was cute in high school. Blase this, blase that. And do a, and then he, I was, I would have entertained a friendship with him at this point. But what had happened was he got on my phone. He started texting this weird shit like, he said something about, like, yeah, a lot of things have happened to me. Uh, over the summer, I got raped in the alley or something like that. And I'm like, and he was like, no, nah, I'm just playing. And I'm like, oh, why would you joke about stuff like that? And I was like, okay, he on his bullshit. And at this point, I really was not trying to deal with straight men and their bullshit because it's always bullshit. You know, I don't know what it is with me. I don't know if it's just a game or a joke or whatever, or if they really genuinely want to be my friend, but they like playing around like that because they might know I like them. Or so. I don't know. I really don't know. You know, and honestly, at this point, I'm not trying to. I was at a point in my life, I was really trying to figure it out. Now I'm not trying to figure it out. Um, and at that point, too, I wasn't trying to figure it out. And I just was like, okay. Uh, da, 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 and I never text them again. I I got really dry with him when he when he, when he finished to finish the conversation because I was like, "You mean nothing to me. You suck. You're terrible. Da 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 da. Why the fuck would you even get on my phone with some bullshit like this? Please don't ever talk to me again." I was really good moving on in my life, and I thought I don't know why I thought this dumbass me. I thought you know I'm gonna go to high. I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna be out. I'm gonna meet uh beautiful men and. You know, I'm going to have a boyfriend by the end of my first year. It's like, it's not even going to be nothing. You know, everybody's out in college. Everybody's living their best life. (laughs) Bitch, that was nowhere near me. I was, girl, lonely as fuck. I got to college. My mama didn't really, my mama visited me once, but she didn't really call or text me. Me and her got into it over that summer and we were very distant. 
I was stuck on campus because I didn't have my car because I I had my I bought a car, but I didn't have a license. So which is very backwards. But uh, and the car was in my mom's name. It was at the house. And, um, you know, it was just something that I guess we 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 agreed on that it would be something that I brought brought to college my second year. Once I got my license, Um, end up losing one of my grants. So I got kicked off. By the end of the semester, I had to move out because I couldn't continue the next semester of classes. And then also they charged me a thousand dollars for having to leave when they when one of my grants got canceled on me. So I ended up owing the school like over three thousand dollars. Um, so I had to go back home and f- I ended up fighting my mama every day. You know, it was it was a lot. And then in that meantime, I went through like. How many boys? Not that. I didn't went through that many. I went through like, oh, I had my first sexual experience that was like traumatic. And then I had my, I had like three, two to three different crushes. And I kind of low key like went crazy for a second because every nigga I knew was named, uh, I'll say the name because they don't really matter anymore. But every nigga I knew was named James. And I was like, why? My roommate name was James. Uh, the first crush on the guy I had was James. And then this new Asian dude named James came up to me. He was so cute. And I don't know if he just gives everybody those eyes, but it seemed like he was giving me a special type of eyes. So I was like, okay. And it's funny because in high school, that senior year I was talking about, there was this one guy in my class named James that I thought was so cute. I, I, I didn't really like even think about pursuing it or whatever because... You know, he just came off very straight to me. I think he talked about females every now and again. I was like, oh, and any nigga that talk about females ain't talking about me. Boy, was I wrong. But, um, you know, he was talking about women. And I was like, okay, well, since I don't apply here, I'm just going to move around. But I always thought he was cute. He was such a nerd. Um, he was tall, skinny, lanky or whatever. And I was like, and I always have a thing for J names. I don't know why. That has changed in recent years but i don't know why everybody i liked in my past was um had a j name this all contributes to my anger but i'll get to it um it just i just had a little sidetrack about like everybody i've ever liked uh and how they factored into it um mm, gosh i mean i can go places so i guess let's just go places um, this is the first episode of shit. I guess I can self-analyze. Um, and then, um, oh, so, you know, uh, my roommate name was James James and then the Asian James, which was really cute. And I really liked the, the James before the Asian James, but that didn't really work out. I text him, like I sent him an email because he, I gave, I got his email from him and because for a school project or whatever. And then I realized I liked them and I was like, okay, I don't want to do the same thing that I've done in the past. Where I like somebody, they turn out they're straight and then, but they, you know, it's weird. So I'm like, I take, I email them. I said, I get it. I got a school email and I, I email, I sent him two emails and it turns out he read both of those emails, but he never told me nothing. He just acted like everything was regular in class. And I'm like, nigga, you're supposed to respond to this. I put something in the, I put something in there to respond or at least stop talking to me so I can know that you got the email. So then I won't be walking around looking stupid. Like, I was just, I, 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 I thought the way, I don't know, I don't, 
I really must either either I'm meeting very interesting type of niggas or I'm just must be that uh, interesting of a human being that you will continue to hang around me even or and be and be very close to me, even though, you know, I like you like most straight men don't deal with that. So it's just it's perplexing to me. And it's always been perplexing to me because like the way where I grew up. And where I, where I was raised from, nah, they wasn't fucking with that fag shit. So if a faggot told you they liked you, you was either whooping their ass and you was putting some distance in between them. So, I mean, every time I told somebody I liked them, I was gearing up to get my ass whooped and also to be made fun of and to also have my heart little, my little heart broken. So usually I told people I liked them so they could stop fucking with me because I just couldn't, I didn't want to take it anymore. Uh, I didn't want to be in that situation of not knowing if they liked me or not or something like that. So I was like, look, let me just say it. Uh, and I've only done it very few times in my life. I don't. I don't do that. Uh, I mean, my safety is the main concern, and then also my emotional safety too. It's like I just cut a nigga off before I tell him I like him a lot of times. Um, but uh, but um, yeah, I told James I liked him on email twice, and then he didn't answer to him. So I asked him, "Can I see his phone in class?" He was like, "Sure," and he was like, "And." I was just scrolling through some of his pictures, and he's like, don't scroll too far. And I was like, ooh, don't want to see none of that. So uh, I saw a girl in his phone, but I don't remember him saying he had a girlfriend or nothing like that. And he, Girl, we would play footsies under the table and stuff. Like, I don't know. We would just stare into each other's eyes like, ah, I'm, look, the queer experiences I've had with straight men is just like, <laughs> I'm over it. Like, I'm, I, was, I was so done at that time. And, um, I mean, I'm really over it now, but, um, you know, I take his, I take his phone and I text him. I say, Hey, I like you. I don't want it to be awkward, but if you don't like me back, I would rather us just have some distance because it is very hard for me to just always be around you and share space and time with you. And you, uh, and you engage with me in a certain type of matter, a manner and um not be able to reciprocate your feel the feelings fully or whatever i didn't i didn't i was still in the process of developing uh and then the hormones and everything like that you know made everything more difficult and then my ideal of what how a boyfriend was supposed to happen was just not how reality works um and he replied back and he said now I showed my friends the text messages. He never said he didn't like me, but he did say he did have a girlfriend. And if his girlfriend were to find out, she dropped bombs on him. I'm I'm trying to figure out what the fuck were you trying to tell me? Like, so you were by? I'm like, I don't know why people don't. Cl- I mean, I do know why people don't clarify, but I don't at the time, and I wasn't going to reach deeper for clarity on the situation because I didn't. A no was a no. Whether you had a girlfriend, whether you were straight, whether you... I just was like, if you can't engage with me in this matter for whatever reason, then it's a no. And if I'm feeling this way for you, then I just need to stop talking to you because I didn't know how to, like, work through that. And I didn't... Also, I didn't believe that a man would give me the space to work through that with them. So I felt like I had to just detach before feelings continued to develop. And then I'm stuck in, like a permanent state of like really liking somebody even though they all never feel the same way for me um uh, so um 
I get back to class the next day after that. You know, I think I sent that. A, I don't know why I like break it. No, that was in. Yeah, it was in October or whatever. I did the same thing with the previous guy that sent me the the, the rude text, of, or the crazy text about getting raped or whatever. Uh, I did the same thing right around my birthday. And then why I go, um, I'm, you know, he's trying to talk to me out the day and I'm like avoiding him. And then you know, I see him and his and his girlfriend at the time at lunch, and um, I was like, oh, whatever, because I told him the night before I liked him or whatever, and I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to deal with that, and he's still trying to be friendly in my face. I'm like, why are you trying to be friendly in my face? Like, nigga, you're weird. Like, you have a faggot that likes you, and you still want to talk to them. Like, what is your problem? Like, you, I thought you were just like. I mean, I thought if anything, you would just stop short of whipping my ass. Like I thought, like I thought that I thought that's one thing I didn't think he would do. But as a matter of fact, actually, I probably did think he would do it because he was quite abusive in class. But um, like grabbing my wrists and like I don't know, low key hurting me, sadistic. But he was Scorpio, so um, if he ever listens to this, he knows exactly who he is. Um, and we still cool. I mean, I would still like to talk in person about these things, but. If that's not something you're open to, and if I find myself blocked on all your social media, I'm not going to be surprised either. And, hey, I won't be too pressed about it. Uh, you you heard my words. But um, I I was walking to my favorite staircase, uh, Staircase D, because I was going to go sing, you know, let out emotionally and then wait for our bus to go. While I get to Staircase D, him, his girlfriend at the top of Staircase D making out. Luckily, I don't know if they saw me, but I hurried up and turned around and like walked the other way. And like when I tell you, I was like shattered into a million pieces because I was like, how could this be my life? And like shit like that happens to me all the time where it's like things will just line up. The, nobody goes in Staircase D. Like, why the fuck were you in Staircase D? You was just in the lunchroom with the bitch. Like, how did you end up in my staircase? Like, God, you know what I mean? And I, and I designated that staircase as my staircase. I mean, nobody else knew it was my staircase. Just to me, I knew that if I ever wanted to go sing somewhere, I was singing Staircase D because it was the least used because it was the one that was on the back side of the school, not the front side of the school. So um, I felt like, at least in my head, I thought more traffic would be more towards the front side of the school where people use those staircases. I guess I was wrong. Um or maybe they figured that too, and they both went to this. You know, they went to the same place I did, whatever. Ended up missing the bus to Miller. I had to go sit in one of my class, my teacher's classrooms, and talk to her about it. Um, and then when I got to class, he was trying to talk to me, and I was like, "I, sir, I don't want to talk to you. Like, please, forever and never die." <laughs> like at that time, that's how I felt. I don't feel that way now. Um, um, you know, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely over that situation on that tip. I mean, I'm always going to know what that felt like and know how that enraged me or whatever, but I'm not like pressed about, uh, like the pain that I felt during that time anymore or whatever. I can't even say that I would want to talk to him now, like in that type of manner, you know, I just... I don't know. I've recently come to the conclusion that, like, if they're not queer or queer identifying or at least deeply understanding of the queer movement and queer agendas, 
I don't know if I want to talk to them. Even if they just, like, if they just attracted to me, then I most likely I'm a fetish. They don't see me as a human being. And then also, uh, you just won't get any of my problems, you know? And I feel like it would be even worse than, well, maybe it might be the same equivalent to dating, like, a white person who's oblivious to, like, racial problems in America. Like, bitch, do you not understand that, like, my life is constantly in danger? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that our experiences are not equal no matter how you try to make them equal. They're just not. Like, they're just not. You have, uh, I have a straight friend um, that we'll be getting to in a second uh, <laughs> that um, constantly tries to say, like, oh, because I went through this and that and this and that, that we're equal and, you know, he supposedly believes that like I'm gonna find happiness before him and I'm like nigga that is not the motherfucking case like you're straight (laughs) you're straight you're attractive you're handsome you're gonna have a good job you're gonna make good money and quote on let me rephrase this happiness is in the eye of the beholder but you know like traditional happiness where you find like your family and your spouse and the person that loves you and things like that and you develop you know you make a family and all I'm like you don't have that problem. You're not queer. So you don't have to worry about, you're not queer. You're not ugly. And, um, you know, you're not dysfunctional or, or he, I mean, you're not a terrible person. So I'm sure those things would come for you before they come for me. I could be, uh, the greatest thing under this black sun. (laughs) I don't know why I said black sun, but the greatest thing under the sun that ever existed. But because of like me being a black queer femme um, person um, that is uh, masculine attracted to, uh, it, it, it the chances of me ending up in a truly happy situation are like a lot more grim than yours not saying that it won't happen but saying that it might take a lot longer time and you know i get like you know you niggas really i don't know why niggas don't i guess they they're just not complex beings so it's like what would make them happy at the end of the day wouldn't make me happy like You end up need you needing you need I need something a lot deeper. I don't know if that's like all film people and if it's just a masculine trait just just want certain boxes checked. Um, I mean my mom is kind of like that too. She just you know she doesn't she wants certain boxes checked. I don't know if she necessarily needs something deeper. That's something I ask her actually. I want to do an episode with her uh, just because her life is quite interesting. And then how it intersects with mine is obviously she's my mama, but <laughs> it it made for a very turbulent story, I would say. But I know I'm supposed to be getting back to my anger or whatever. And this is just like one bit of my frustration um, that I decided to divulge more on because why not? Um, but, um, you know, so... This friend, like, all that being said, I'll put a pause on all that. If there's anything that I've missed, I guess. I mean, outside of just queer people, it's harder for us to find love. Uh, and Not find love. Well, that too. But also just just exist in happiness, you know what I'm saying? And get to the places we really want to be because society bars us from so much. 
uh, they don't make it easy. And I could be the most amazing, nice, sweet, strong person ever. There is going to be a breaking point for me because I'm a fucking human being. And shit, this world is just unforgiving for people like me. You know what I mean? Um, but I, um, I'm trying to make sure I wrap everybody nicely. So at least if I go back to the story or I can pick up somewhere, uh, James, uh, the black James didn't work out. I wasn't never trying to talk to my roommate, James. Uh, um, the Asian James didn't work out. Girl, I text him. I liked you too. I said, but I did it. I was drunk one night. I was like, Hey, you, I said something like along the line. I was really trying to see like, I forgot what I said, but then he tells me I'm not interested. And I was like, oh, I've never been interested in men. And da, 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 da. and I'm like, okay, <laughs> then why are you giving me googly eyes? And I was so pissed. I posted about it on Snapchat. I didn't like necessarily out. I didn't out the man at all. I just made like we were friends on Snapchat and I posted, posted a subliminal. And I was like, says he's never been interested in men. I don't know. I was being really shady. I think I still have it too. And I re- I repost it every time, every year that it, because uh, Snapchat posts, uh, they'll remind you when you post something a year ago if you saved it. So every time I always repost it. I don't have him on Snapchat anymore though. I don't think. It could be a low key, you know, watch or whatever. But um, what what was the next part of life? Uh, so when a friend, I was just jump back to now, when a friend, uh, from high school had reached out to talk, you know, um, and a lot, and we became, uh, after we got distant, uh, because I was just sick of his shit and living life. I don't know. I thought about him. I started having dreams about him, not even thinking about this man, just unconsciously having dreams about him. I'm like, oh. This is some fucking bullshit. And then I started to feel bad because I remembered that I promised I'd be his friend. And, um, like, I guess I was trying to make it my burden to help him get through college. And, like, because I knew he probably didn't have all the necessary necessary tools and resources to get there and to really make the best out of his life. Because I thought he had a lot of potential and he could have been and he was very special to me at the time so I said I don't mind helping you with this you know this is something that I want to do this is something I this is how I want to care for you even though and now looking back on it it was selfish too it was very selfish because when he decided he didn't like me like that but he still wanted to be my friend I was like oh well fuck you nigga I mean but I was in all actuality, it was selfish to say fuck you, but it also was like self perseverance. Like I'm not gonna, I can't put myself through that trauma forever, you know. And you, you talking about all types of shit with me that doesn't include me, you know. And then eventually one day you're gonna go live a life that probably doesn't have me anywhere in it significantly. Um, so that shit was gonna hurt. And at that time, I just didn't know how to manage that. So I reached back out to him like two, three years later, probably like my sophomore, should have been my sophomore junior year of college, but we can get into the college story another day. Um, I found his old number and I texted and I was like, you know, just let him know that I, I do feel sorry for how our friendship ended and I should have never did all that, you know, like 
I was really hurt and I didn't know how to deal with it. And at this point, I thought I was stronger or whatever. Plus, I kept having dreams about the niggas. So I was like, well, if I'm still having dreams about this young man, then there's some unworked something here that I need to, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe it's like a, a sign, like a spiritual sign that I need to like reach out. Um, and so I did. Uh, and it turns out, you know, like life is going OK for him um he got like a trade and he's making good money working with a good company it's not like he didn't really go to college college um he didn't do some of the creative ventures that he were into it was into when i met him he didn't really get into um but he still had dreams to do it and then he also had a child and i was like oh and he he sent me a picture of the baby and i was like oh the baby's so precious and I now and we got each other Snapchats and things like that, and we've been following each other ever since. And every blue moon, we will heat each other up and be like, and then if, it, if it's a real conversation instead of just a ah or oh, it's like I see you. Uh, we say we gonna link, and then we never do. Uh, but this time, I don't know why. In July of last year, I don't know why I thought. We really were going to link up. I was like, bitch, why you thought that? You stupid. And, but, um, you know, I got nervous because I was like, okay. Like, my dreams and fears started, like, coming together, too. Because I was like, okay, why would he ask to link up? I was like, is he going to tell me he liked me? And I'm gonna, And I was like, I don't know how to feel about that if he did. And then... Or is he going to say that he did like me in the past? Or uh, how is he going to take the news of that, like, I low-key have written a music project centered around these experiences with him and various other guys that I've ever liked. But, you know, like, I was going to have the structure of it be centered around a lot of our relationship or our friendship, but not relationship like that. I really just mean like friendship, but like how we relate to each other. Um, and, you know, was this kid going to be there? Uh, um, or was it going to be something like evil or hateful? Like, I don't know why. I just always had the idea that like he was going to try to hurt me on this uh, meetup too. So it was like it brought up a lot of anxiety because I already had committed to it. And I didn't want to be the person to pull out. Hmm. So the day of it comes up and I don't get no text from him. I get a text from him at four, I think. We were supposed to meet at like seven, eight, maybe nine. I don't know. I don't really remember. And he, uh, I I go home after work. I take a nap. Uh, and I woke up and I'm like, I'm not late yet. But like, if I don't start moving, I'm going to be late. So, you know, I'm getting ready and I've noticed that, like, I didn't get no reply back from him on anything. So I'm like, okay, bet. And then, you know, the time gets closer and closer and I I text him again. I'm like, hey, is it still happening? Let me know. I didn't get no reply back from him. So, you know, I I tell my little friends or whatever. And they're like, bitch, I don't know why you even expected that nigga (laughs) Like I'm talking about dragging my ass. So my dumb ass, we I, we chose a spot and like I was still craving it, but my dumb ass decided to go there and go get the food anyways. And I'm just sitting there like 
waiting, like feeling like crazy as hell. And then I had to pop the uh, post the subliminal because I posted the place. Um, he knew the place we were going to go. So I posted the place on my Snapchat and I was like, they have the best burgers because that's what I told him. I said, they have the best burgers. He ain't never been there before. And I was like, okay. Mm. All right. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the place by myself. I'm looking at other people like happily talking, couples, families and stuff like that. And Loki, I start feeling, oh, mind you, I want to say around this time too, I had a, like a very vivid dream where like, Look, there's there's only some human I can get. But uh, uh, anytime you hear me doing, ugh, there's just some truths that I just do not want to share. I just do not want to share. Maybe a few years from now, I'll share them or something like that. When certain situations work themselves out or I get a certain conclusion on certain situations, I'll be like, oh, fuck it. But if something's ongoing, look, I'm not sharing that at the moment. But, um, you know, I did have a dream that I was pregnant in... When I woke up and I, I started having these visions of like having a family and like raising a kid that like looked like me, not all the way like me, but I could see myself in them and like building them up to be a better person and things like that. You know, I got excited like running around playing in the grass with them and things like that. And I just heard baby noises, like baby laughter or whatever. And then I ended up waking up and I was like, oh, it's just a dream. And I was, I was scared because like I was gonna have to raise a child, but I also was like nervous. I also was like happy because I was like I would have a child, I have somebody I can love, and like give me like additional drive in life or whatever, and like somebody that like depended on me, so I know I had to make it or whatever. Um, and then it clicked to me. I was like, bitch, you woke up. It's a, it was a dream. And, like, check your stomach hole. Like, what if, like, you know, where's your baby? So, I like, I, I grabbed my stomach and I wasn't pregnant. And, well, I mean, obviously I wasn't pregnant before. But you know what I mean. And when I felt my stomach and I realized I wasn't pregnant, I, like, I broke down and I started crying. <laughs> Look, I'm a very unique human being, but I don't know why. I really, and then I thought about, like, I'll never be able to have kids. And I'm such a queer bitch. And I I just, like, I think really, like, analyzing that has really, has made me feel more comfortable in who I am ever. But it's also made me made me really dislike the world that I live in in a way I never have before. Like, bitch, I'm not the problem. All the things about me are pretty innate. The world is the problem for not being able to accept somebody like me. But uh, we'll get into that. Um, But I was just so hurt by the fact that I couldn't have a child. And, you know, I was, like, depressed for a few days. Like, I went to work, and they were like, why are you, like, are you okay? And I'll tell people, and I'm literally crying at work telling them the story. And, you know, some people I think got it, but some people just thought I was being extra. But I don't think you understand. I've always wanted to have kids. Even as a child, I was like, I would like to give birth to my own kids. Like, I wish I could carry children. You know, that's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, 
sounds weird to say that as a kid that that's something I wanted to do, but I've always wanted to, I don't know, birth something. I don't know. I thought that was like one of the most incredible things. You get to create something that's of you, but of somebody you love and you get to like make it. I mean, I even wrote a book series. Oh, I'm in the process. <laughs> I write in a book series where like uh, gay couples de- develop a way to have a baby or whatever. It's like supernatural. But um but, um, you know, like, I think all that meant a lot to me. So when I woke up in the bay and, you know, I already had like in my mind, I was already shaping myself to be ready to have this baby. I guess in my mind, in this one dream. And then when I wake up and I still remember everything about this dream and the fact that I don't get to walk away with the baby. Oh, and then I think right after that dream. Right after that dream, now mind you, this is all in July of last year. So all my passes already have happened at this point. And, you know, we just in the present. Well, soft present because that was a year ago. But um, I I think right after that dream or right around the time I had that dream, I uh, also had another dream where um, old dude I was supposed to be meeting up with for the burgers like called me and I guess like in the dream it was just an understood thing that we were in in communication uh not super but probably a little bit more than we were at the time and um um he called me he was he sounded kind of like drugged out or drunk or something like that or I don't know like faded so I go I don't know why he was at school but I go to his school and I see him like slumped in the class or whatever and then like I go and I pull him out the class and he's like not really responsive so like I go to the water fountain I splash like water on his face and then he's still not responsive so then like he's not super responsive he's just like I know he's alive I guess so I go and I either I take him to my place which at that place I did at the time I didn't have my own place I was sleeping on the floor so, you know, end up was paying a lot of money for the floor. But, you know, you, you do things to help out where you can when t- things get tough. Um, but it still was painful. <laughs> and so I think I went to his place. Um, and like I. And again, OK, whatever. I took him. a, <laughs> I took him a bath and I. um I put him on some clothes and I just put him in a bed and then I just like held him. It wasn't anything sexual. It was just like a deep amount of like love and like care that I knew somebody going through what they were going through were given. Or I mean would would need to be given, you know, in that circumstance. And the sentiment I'm trying to really unpack this the right way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I guess I would say the sentiment to some degree still is there. Like I do still want to be there for this human being Uh, as much as they would let me, you know, um, like when I get certain placements and certain connections, I definitely want to like, 
if there is an opportunity I can give them, I definitely lend it out to them. Like, you know, like, I still want to be there. I don't necessarily need to be deeply connected with this person or even this person's nigga or, you know, partner or anything like that. Like, it it, it doesn't have to be that for me. Because um, when I care about somebody, I care about somebody. It's just that, you know, just that when I was younger, it was hard for me to compute all that. But it turns out he doesn't show up. I'm end up, I uh, got my food at the restaurant and I take it to go. And I go to my friend's house and she's just lecturing me the whole time on why I'm a stupid bitch. <laughs> and, you know, like I'm listening to her, but I'm also having a deep internal conversation with myself about like, damn, you really set yourself up for failure again. And like, why would you do that? You know, and then we had to decide whether I was going to ever text him again. And you know what? I decided he texted me back after I got my food. And he was like, oh, I overslept. I'm sorry or whatever. And then I said, and I texted him back and I said, it's okay. <laughs> you see, this is where my anger starts to build. I mean, it's been building my whole life because shit like this have to happened to me my whole life. But I think, you know, just one of the more recent things on top of everything. I don't think I've had two, so many angering things on top of each other. But I was like, it's okay. We um we will i mean we always have tomorrow you know and i let him get away with that and then how long is this episode already because they're about to shit they about to cut it well i will get to part two of this uh for anybody that's having to listen to this uh (laughs) broken up i feel sorry for you uh but you know it cuts me off at 60 minutes and plus episodes shouldn't run that deep. But um, I'll be back with part two on my discussion of anger. <laughs>